Culture Map presents What's Eric Eating? From the Gal Media Studios in Houston, Texas, here's Culture Map food editor Eric Sandler. Welcome to What's Eric Eating? Culture Map's weekly look at all things Houston bars and restaurants. I'm your host, Culture Map food editor Eric Sandler. I have E.J. Miller from International Smoke coming up in a little bit, but first, I am joined by two co-hosts making their triumphant return to the show, Shanna Jones and Felice Sloan from Urban Swank, the very popular lifestyle blog. Shanna, welcome back to the show. How are you? I'm fine. Thanks for asking, Eric. Felice. Hey, 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 hey. (laughs) (laughs) Ladies, it's good to have you here. We have much to discuss, so let us dive right into the news of the week. Mm -hmm. Uh, No bigger news, I would say, than that the Cherry Pie Hospitality Saga has come to an end. There three, the company's three remaining restaurants, Pie Pizza, Starfish, and Lee's Fried Chicken and Donuts have a new owner. Michael Sambrooks, the owner of The Pit Room, has purchased them. Uh, the good news is he's going to keep them operating. Uh, Pie Pizza obviously will be renamed. Lee's Fried Chicken and Donuts is going to become Sam's Fried Chicken and Donuts. Uh, there's a bunch of other changes all documented in a Culture Map article. But, uh, Felice, let me just throw it to you. What do you think about the prospects of these three restaurants under the leadership of Michael Sambrooks? Well, you know, let me just have a moment for the end of an era, which oh, was very okay. quick. Can, I was going to do moment? that, too, but we can start with that. <laughs> okay, sure. let's just have a moment. Okay, there. Okay. So, we've had our moment. Um, I'm glad that it's going to. Con- they're going to continue. And... I'm kind of excited, right? Like, now that we've got that over with, we've been watching it for weeks. We knew something was coming down the pipelines. Um, smoked fish, barbecue pizzas. Um, I, You know, I don't the know what they're going to do. The possibilities are endless. It's endless. So, kind of excited. Right. Kind of barbecue excited. Barbecue brisket kolache seems like a very you know obvious. You know what? I didn't even, there you go. I didn't even think about that. kolache seems like a very obvious. I'm here for all of that. So, I'm, it's exciting. It's a good thing. Uh, Shannon, I know, I know Felice kind of started to jump on it, but let me, I I mean, this is, this is a little bit bittersweet, isn't it? It's bittersweet, but it's really not going anywhere per se. I mean, there's going to be some changes that I'm sure they're going to make, but I think what we've grown to love, I think it would be smart to keep some of that to some extent, right? I don't think it's going to like completely change. Like it's going to be something that we're not going to remember anymore. Well, I think pie is the one that's going to go through the biggest changes. Okay. Michael yeah. Michael told me they're going to keep the dough recipe and basically change everything else. Okay. Right. So right. The wings, what do you say? He's adding right. some more wings. Right. On they there. added the wings after Anthony Callio left. That's going to expand. They're going to expand the number of sandwiches. It's going to be more like a traditional pizza shop. I'm a little bit intrigued about the deep dish. I'm not, you know, I don't seek deep dish out, but there's also not a lot of that in Houston. Well, it's not a lot because people don't do it. Let's just go ahead and throw it out Let's there. Keep it it's real. not a lot. People don't do it very well. And that's okay. You know, you play to your strengths. They don't. I'm, or I'm they just, have the Texas rendition of the, te- the right. deep okay, dish. Let me just, right. Thank you, <laughs> right. Shanna. Yeah. Not necessarily don't do it well. We do Texas deep dish and not Chicago deep dish. We lay yeah. Texas style on everything. Exactly. There yeah. you go. <laughs> we do. We do. Right. Yeah. Uh, and certainly, I mean, you know, Starfish is a restaurant we've all been mm-hmm. to several times and had good meals there. There's been some changes in the kitchen over time. Mm -hmm. Uh, But 
Michael Nutt, who was at Brasserie Max and Julie for a long time, is in the kitchen there now. He seems like the sort of experienced force that should be uh, ready to stabilize that. And also um, Michael Sandbrook's new operating... Uh, uh, Manager. Yes. Director of operations. Yes. Steve Breaker worked at Reef, worked at Uchi, knows a lot about running a seafood restaurant. Seems like he should be a good fit for that, too. It sounds like it's something to be looking for. That's the to. one I'm most excited about and interested in because, you know, that's yeah. one of my favorite restaurants. So I'm definitely going to be watching you guys and making sure y'all stay in line. That's all. But see, that's what I was saying before. Like, there's some, there's some places like Starfish, I feel like maybe there was other things going on outside of maybe people's control. But I feel like what they offer from a culinary standpoint was solid. And so I don't, I wouldn't want to see it venture too far, but I do welcome additions to the menu that enhance it. Yeah. But it was really good. Yeah, it was really good. And if they kind of keep that raw bar and keep those kind of martinis and some of the cocktail elements. Oh, ooh, yeah. definitely. Um, and the other thing Michael told me that I, I didn't have like a good way to fit in the story is that he's he was impressed by the interior design of all of those restaurants. Mm-hmm. Yes. So I wouldn't expect dramatic changes uh, on that score. I guess the, the Lee Ellis neon, that's going to come down. That's going to that's gonna go somewhere else. Uh, It'll be he, in round top at an antique. That, that's right. <laughs> if he doesn't, if if the skateboards go, I want to know because I... I would know, want one of those I would want a bid on one of those, yeah. <laughs> uh, but this, you know... I, I had been hearing all kinds of rumors circulating for weeks and weeks. I, I really thought it was more likely than not that at least one of those restaurants was going to close. So I'm glad that they're not. You never like to see people lose their jobs. Uh, this way, the kind of hardworking rank-and-file employees get a fresh start. That's true. Uh, new I leadership, agree. new infusion of uh, financial resources, and uh, I don't know, a lot of potential. And And I will say, the pit room is one of my... Absolute favorite barbecue joints. Mm -hmm. It is a place I go to pretty regularly. And so it's not, you know, looking back on it opened two years ago, it's not obvious that a, you know, restaurant, a porn shop turned into a restaurant would become a Texas monthly top 50 barbecue joint. So I think Michael deserves a lot of credit for the work that he has done there. Uh, He's always been good about hiring the right people at the right time. Mm -hmm. And so I think, you know, there's there's a, there's reasons for optimism. Let's see what they do with that chicken. That's what I'm interested in seeing. Too. Oh, if they change the fried chicken, yeah. yeah, yeah. Don't change the chicken too much. I like the chicken. Yeah, because it went through. You know, it went through a couple of different stages yeah. and getting to, to where it is place. now. So, yeah, don't get too progressive with again. <laughs> we're gonna we're gonna be watching. We're gonna be watching. We're gonna be watching. We're gonna be watching, Michael. That's it. Dun da da da. All right, and then on a moving on, uh, the original Beavers uh, has closed. Right, it had a it had a it had a long it had a ten year run. Mm-hmm. It closed for some renovations. It reopened briefly with Jonathan Jones back as the executive chef and as a operating partner. Uh, that has not worked out. Yes. So I guess when I first read about that, my initial, I guess, curiosity was, okay, it closed down, it reopened with this new concept. My first question was, why is it so vastly different from Beavers West? 
given that Beaver's West is so successful with what they've done with the menu, incorporating barbecue, like the heavy, you know, southern comfort recipes. And I felt like when they reopened, it was vastly different from a food standpoint. And I don't know if that's maybe some of the reason and why. I guess I have just have questions around the closing and why wasn't that concept that was so successful on the second location not adopted? Right. I, I think that's that exact question is one of the reasons that Beavers is gone. The original Beavers is gone. Yep. Is that, you know, I, I dropped in a Breaking Bad reference. No half measures. You can't reconcept a, a very established and popular restaurant, which is what Beavers had been, with a new menu that focuses on, you know, trendy diets like the keto diet. And that's what I was going to say. Without, yep. without keep and keep the name. Right. You, right. They, they went from full service to counter service. They pulled most of the dishes that people yeah. really liked off the menu. They didn't replicate the barbecue that Arash Karad is doing at Beavers right. West. You know, that's very confusing to people. Right. Why isn't this Beavers like the other Beavers? Why isn't this Beavers like Beavers used to be? That's that was very confusing. Right. And that was uh, that really turned people off. Right. And and it's I mean, it's kind of what you're saying. You you're holding on to ten years ago at the end of the day. You're holding on to ten years ago. Um yeah, we have Beavers West. It's being it's successful. Why not call it Beavers Light? Well, I mean, I don't know. So people know it's something different because it is day and night, right? And then y'all you're not even on the same page. So as a consumer, I'm thinking original beavers. I want all that. I want all the bad right. stuff. Give me my the bar, drink, bar and cheese. Give me my, yeah. yeah, the beaver. I want all that. Then yeah. I'm coming in, even if I'm doing one of those diets, that may be my cheat day. And I'm coming in and getting that. I'm like, I, that's what I do every day. This is not beavers. So it was I, strange. Unfortunately, I, I was counting down the days because I'm like, this is not going to work. Yeah, It's not. Let it go. Do what they're doing now. Change it. And call it a day. You're in a great space. You have good following. Just stop trying to hold on to the past. Well, and so that will be interesting because the people who are taking it are Jeff Kaplan and Adam Brackman. They are two of the owners of Axelrad, and they have been investors in Beavers since the beginning. So they're familiar with Beavers. They recognize that maybe the Washington location needed to change in some ways, but... You know, but but so I mean, they've had a lot of success at Axelrad, and they want to bring some of that vibe to that space that will now have a new name. Now, I don't, I, I mean, I don't know exactly how that's going to manifest itself. It's hard to imagine that like the hammocks are coming and some of the other <laughs> like Axelrad specific details. But they've created something pretty special with that place. Right. So, you know, it's it's always tricky because sometimes I feel like. People who open one successful concept, it's either like, this is proof that you understand what you're doing and you understand your audience, or maybe you got a little lucky with the right thing at the right time and it doesn't translate. And the only way to find out whether it's A or B is to open something else in another neighborhood and see right. how it goes. There you go. So when we transition to our next topic, I'll, it'll kind of be relevant where you're talking about, can you take a successful concept and kind of rebranded in other areas. I think that they they can if you know if they do it right because they do have a very creative mind in what they've done with Axelrad and thinking about the Heights neighborhood. Like that's kind of that vibe, same kind of vibe, mm -hmm. but can 
keep that audience in mind in the space you have and just kind of not don't try to recreate what you've done over there. Create something with the neighborhood in mind and, and the customer in mind. I think they'll knock it out of the park. But would it be would you would you say that it would be or should be maybe a spin on Axelrad or no? You're saying like make it fit for the Heights area, right. but and not necessarily be a copy of what they Right, make done. take the uniqueness yeah. and the funness and all you know. And all take that, that, yeah. yeah. Okay. Bring the vibe. Bring, Bring the, the vibe. vibe. Right. Leave the hammocks in Midtown. Right, yeah. <laughs> right, maybe do some fun kind of chairs or something. Yeah. But the whole vibe is definitely on point. It's exciting. All right. And then, as you alluded, speaking of trying to replicate uh, a previously successful concept in a new space with a twist, Spaghetti Warehouse <laughs> is going to be mm. reborn in the Marquee Entertainment Complex, the very popular... Downtown Italian restaurant will get new life as Warehouse 72. Uh, I have I have thoughts about this, Shanna, but I want to hear your thoughts before I share mine. I mean, I'll be really honest. I've never just been a huge fan and more of the fact that it, it has been around. I mean, I think, you know, being born and raised here, I think I've just always known it to be more kind of like just average Italian food for me and even the downtown location it's just never stood out for me so I'm not um, sure if a rebranding or a name change will do it but I know that they are planning to do other things and offer more food items but I think that's to me that's really hard for something that's been in Houston for so long to just change not just but to change the name and then say oh we're going to offer these enhanced food items like short ribs and people and it's going to bring a new audience and they're trying to you know bring this younger generation i'm just not sure if that's a big enough change to be successful i'll be watching Felice um Kind of what Shanna said. <laughs> I don't want to repeat what she no, said. No, look. I mean, let, let's, yeah, let's I be just, honest. It's, I'm a it's spaghetti I'm warehouse. Um, it's nostalgic. Yeah. Yeah. No. My, Good luck to them. Right. I, I, my, I hope they're successful. Right. My issue is that I actually went to UH downtown, and so I would occasionally eat at Spaghetti Warehouse, and the food was never good. Okay. Yeah. I mean, so, let's right? just keep it. Let's like, just keep it. I don't know today, if it once okay? had a glory day when the food was better, but. But in my encounters with it yeah. in the 2011-2012 vintage, not good. So I mean, I nowhere I mean, to go yeah. but up from that perspective. Hey, you know what? You're right. That's a good positive spin to put on it. Uh, the other thing is, name a truly successful restaurant in the marquee. Yeah. Yeah. So, About that. I mean, that neighborhood is is interesting. Spring Branch is very interesting right now. The Memorial neighborhood, obviously, very affluent. Uh, but I mean, there's a Red Robin there. There's a yeah. There's a Tex-Mex place whose name escapes me. Uh, but plain devil's advocate, though, since the Hurricane Harvey, this is a good time for them to do something like that. Absolutely right. The the restaurant was destroyed in the storm. That space was no longer. That space downtown on the bayou was no longer viable. They had to do something if they were. You know, unless they were just going to walk away from Houston entirely. Right. And I wonder if this is just kind of a pilot for Houston. And then the restaurant group figures out if this is something viable to other cities. Maybe they're doing that. But, hey, like Felice said, wish you the best. <laughs> uh, and then I do want to just briefly note that uh, 
DeCapo's Pastry Cafe in the Heights is going to close at the end of the month. They have set their last date as September 29th. The sisters who own it are moving to Oklahoma to take care of their father, who's been diagnosed with cancer. Uh, I am not a DeCapo's regular, but I have eaten there in the past and liked it. Uh, this is just kind of the latest sign of the old Heights transitioning to whatever it is that the Heights is becoming. I know. I never was a big, I mean, I never, never went. Um, but when, to your point, it's like all, everything is changing in the Heights, right? So wish them luck. Sorry to hear about that. Maybe father. we can go by. Yeah. Yeah. Very sorry about that. But maybe we can get by there and try the Italian cream cake before their last day. Yeah. You know, I'm really good Italian okay, cream cake. So, I mean, yeah. let's just make it happen. We'll get a whole, whole, whole cake and uh, we'll come back and share it. <laughs> All right, that does it for the news of the week. We will be right back with our a very special edition of the Restaurants of the Week. Stick around. You're listening to What's Eric Eating? So, ladies, for our we're going to do something a little bit different for the Restaurants of the Week because we're going to talk about three new bars instead of three new restaurants. We did a little mini bar crawl last week. Shanna, you're a mom. You live in the burbs. You don't get out as much as you used to. <laughs> so we wanted she to catch you She was very excited. Uh, we started with Present Company, which is the evolution of the uh, the Royal Oak space. This is Sean Bermudez's latest project. He's the owner of the Burger Joint and Boondocks and, oh, goodness, uh, Stone's Throw. And the Mexican the tequila bar. I should be better prepared. Oh, my God. I, you were going down when I was listening. I'm like, yeah, you, it's lost me. Anyway, but that, that the, latest, <laughs> the latest project from Sean Bermudez. Uh, Shanna, what did you think? I was very excited to get in there. I mean, it's so eclectic, and it's almost like it is definitely the place to be. I mean, I don't care if you're coming for after work. I mean, there were girls ready for a night hour. You can tell they were starting happy hour, and they were going to be there till 2 a.m. I'm just saying it was a spot. It's super cute. It's swanky. It has a great vibe. I liked it. Yeah, Felice. I mean, this is, like Shanna was saying, this is the bar that's blowing up your Instagram. Yeah, right? it's definitely Instagram worthy. People yeah. will be coming from when they visit Houston yeah. and they're like, I want to go. They're going to hold their phones and show their Uber drivers that the, the back wall with the text is, I want to go to this place. Right. right. Give me the one with all the neon all the and the neon. wallpaper and the stuff. Right. So it's super smart. Right. I mean, when I was walked in the first day when we went to, they did a preview. I was like, oh, this is gold. Y'all have hit a jackpot. Hit a jackpot. So we had a couple of drinks. You guys each had a, a whiskey cocktail. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I had a riff on... A margarita made with mezcal and aloe. I, I think all the drinks are really good. I yeah, think they're, the they're onto really something good. with the drinks there. Yeah, I think the drinks are good. One of the things um, where people are kind of, ooh, what kind of drinks? I think folks that are, oh, I'm watching calories. I'm doing this. I don't want something too boozy. Definitely right. not super boozy drinks. However, I like boozy drinks. Shanna likes boozy drinks. Mm -hmm. One of the booziest drinks on there, it's the train has left the station and it has that rye whiskey. Mm -hmm. um, it's really boozy. And there's one more I can't think of the name of. Oh, the Plan B. Those mm -hmm. are like the booziest 
kind of cocktails on there. So those are both of the ones we had when we yes. came. Okay, one of them yes. was a little bit spicy. You yeah. had a okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, those were really good. And I I like it too because sometimes, you know, you go to more craft cocktail establishments, it can be taken a little bit too seriously and I think the menu is very approachable. So you get both the you know the whiskey lover bourbon lover side but then you also get the some of the more tropical different colors instagram worthy cocktails that people love too right anytime you're serving cocktails <laughs> in lacroix cans yeah it's a pretty good sign you're not taking yourself super seriously they're also designed to be executed quickly which mm-hmm. is really important given how big the space is and how busy they are uh because it's worth noting this place has been basically packed uh since the day they opened everybody wants to go there They'll run a line at some points on the weekends. We went for happy hour, and it was busy even then. Yeah. Right. Um, I, I will say the the one thing that has nothing to do with the the drinks or the look or the service, all of which I really enjoyed, is that the valets are like ruthlessly efficient. Uh, <laughs> like as soon as you pull up, they're like grabbing your keys, they're taking your money, they're taking your car, and then when they bring it back, they're like basically shoving you into the car. I had cross traffic, like I couldn't pull out of the parking lot. The valet like walked into traffic, put his hand up to stop people on Westheimer, and then waved me out. Now, wow. he's not a police officer, <laughs> so I don't know if that's strictly legal, but yeah. I was impressed by their willingness to move cars through because right. it's a busy place. <laughs> go Take hard. one for the team, right? <laughs> go hard or go home. <laughs> hey, talk about customer service. Uh, and so for present company, we went to... Holman Draft Hall. Uh, this opened up in the spring. It's it's not the latest project from the Kirby Group. We'll get to that in a second. But it is related to the company that owns Wooster's Garden, Heights Beer Garden, uh, kind of an evolution of Heights Beer Garden, 100 taps, beer and wine, indoor-outdoor space with that industrial look. Uh, Felice, what do you think of Holman Draft Hall? That's one of my favorite spaces. I love the space. It has a good vibe. So I'm about vibes, right? It's not too casual, but not like stuffy and you don't get that vibe. And you can go there and kind of hang out, have a party if you want, like have your friends in for a quick like little lunch party. You can watch the game there. I think it's very approachable for different types of people. I love it. Yeah, if present company is kind of CNBC and people are a little bit dressed to impress, Holman's a little bit more come as you are. Like we saw big groups of people there for like birthday parties and special Mm -hmm. occasions. We also saw people like very and like obviously workout gear. Their work, yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But what I love about really what we'll talk about all the spots we went to is that there is like a different setup and scene literally literally as you move across the place like home injury was the same way right you kind of had the inside part where people was a little bit more dark and intimate then you had the patio area then you had the kind of outside area as you stepped onto the second level it was like all these spaces and I feel like all the really great spots are giving people movement and movement that changes with them and vibe that changes with them as they move around so that I think that's really cool and I think Holman had that too and of course we get to see our, our old friend Chris Frankel Oh, yeah. Been on the show a couple of times. He's behind the bar there. So it's not a cocktail bar. I wouldn't go there for cocktails, but Mm -hmm. but Chris and the rest of the bartenders there will make you a cocktail. They're they're basic stuff. Right. And uh, I mean, obviously, the focus is on the beer and the wine, but but you can get that. Right. That third option. If Chris is there and you happen to be there, Mm -hmm. go to his side. Tell him. 
Give him a spirit that you like and let him do what he does. And you'll have a wonderful yeah. night. Let him do his thing. Yeah. Because he is all that in a bag yeah. of Fritos and Lay's yeah. potatoes. So chips. I think that's like a little uh, that's a little icing on the cake for them. Right. And then the other thing is we had those uh, chicken tandoori nachos at home oh. that I really liked. Those were so good. Oh. I didn't even expect them to be that good, right? Like, I expected them to be... Kind of like present company. Like present company's nachos were good. Like yeah. they were good nachos, right? But what they were I would messy expect. to eat and kind of whatever. Right. I expect it was like bar food. Yeah. And so when you order the nachos, I'm like, okay, that's cute. Then I tasted it. I'm like, yeah, that's like elevated bar food. Right. Like you would get that at a restaurant. So, so the food, Just I the wanted flavor. more food. Just yeah. the flavor on that one yeah. nacho bite was like, wow, I didn't even like, are we at a beer <laughs> But like it was really amazing. Yeah. Uh, and then finally, I want to talk about Pitch 25. This is the latest project from the Kirby Group, uh, a joint venture with Brian Chang, kind of a hybrid soccer theme bar and beer garden. Uh, Felice, I think I think we really we all really liked Pitch 25. What did you think? It was fun. I'm like I'm a single girl, so I'm gonna throw it in for the single people. I would go there, watch the game. Hang out with the guys. It's definitely girl friendly. Um, it it had a completely different vibe. Yeah. I wouldn't wear heels there. I mean, you could, but you were standing it, like a sore thumb. Yeah, it just was fun, casual. They had sports going on. Um, yeah, there were there were four on four soccer league going yeah, on on the league, soccer field, right in the middle. So people were really engaged in that. We're you know people are watching the game. They have the porch. What were those swings? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So it's. I love it. They're Kirby. They're knocking it out the park right now. Shannon, what did you think? I thought it was super laid back. And those times when you want to just get out and have a drink and you don't really want to care about, not to say you're going to just be raggedy. I mean, we're not saying you go out looking any kind of way, but I'm saying it was very like welcoming to like any walk of life. Like you can come in there dress any kind of way and you can have a good time. And then the fact that they had the game going on kept you engaged in something. So I think it was a cool, I, I think we saw a lot of people on dates there. Because yeah. it was kind of that spot where there's something going on with, you know, in lieu of maybe having somewhere where there's live music, you got a game. And it's like right there in front of you. And I thought that was a cool little spot. Now, one thing that I thought was interesting that they only had one cocktail that unfortunately we didn't get to try because they said it's so good. The, the frozen caprina sold out. Yeah, this is I mean, they have spirits there, but this is really definitely a beer, beer and wine, mostly beer spot. I had a really cool like. Uh, raspberry saison from 11 below blue brew 11 below brewing easy for me to say a local brewery <laughs> that i'm not super familiar with but i really enjoyed that and yeah the focus the focus is definitely on the beer yeah uh the other thing is we had really good food there yeah, we had really yeah. good food our old fat first of all our old fashions like you were saying even though they just have they just have one cocktail on the menu just like holtman you can get Anything that you want, they can make it as long as I'm sure if it's a standard and not, you know, I don't know. I'm sure they have the skills. But, yeah, the food was really, really good. We got the Brussels sprouts mm -hmm. with roasted pecans. Right. And then there was a cauliflower. And I don't remember what the sauce was on there. Do either it was kind of like a lemon, like a lemon cream sauce because then we topped it with maybe it was like a lemon garlic cream sauce over the cauliflower because – um, they had the lemons. So I was like, do we need? He's like, no, you want to squeeze the fresh lemon. And it just took it to a whole nother level. I was yeah. like, I didn't expect, <laughs> I didn't. I thought they were going to be good, but I yeah. didn't expect them to be that good. We yeah. were right. Very uh, well, you know, 
Brandon Silva, who does the food for the Kirby Group, including Pitch 25, used to work at Uchi. So okay, he knows so a thing go. or so two they're, about they're... Brussels sprouts, <laughs> especially, and vegetable, shareable vegetable dishes in general. Well, Man. yeah, that's... That's, well, that's why they were so good. I didn't even think about that. I've never hurt myself so bad on Brussels sprouts, but I was going in on those. So, Shannon, if you had to pick one, which is which which one will you go back to first? Because I don't get out much. <laughs> um, I'll say present company. I think the husband will enjoy the scene. You know, we are both more um, cocktail people, although my husband does like a beer here and now. So I'll say present company for me will be the first stop. But I may, but I may redo that crawl. <laughs> Holman, yeah, Holman, Holman for me. Yeah. Uh, present company is a little bit too fancy for, for my usual. But but on a date or with a group yeah. of friends celebrating yeah. like a birthday, uh, present company for sure. And and I really enjoyed Pitch Twenty Five, right. and, and it's part of a really lively scene that's happening in Edo with right. Eighth Wonder and Rodeo Goat and Truck Yard. There's a lot of cool stuff right. happening. And so right you, that's glad you, glad you mentioned that. I would, that's a great crawl, right? Like, you can park and then just go there. You can beer, you, you definitely can do the beer crawl where you go there, you go to 8th Wonder, come back around the truck yard. So I love where it's located. It's in the heart of all those places that I really like. So pitch, that's that's pitch. Yeah. All right. So ladies, before you get out of here, what's going on at Urban Swank? Gosh, what do we have going on? Just the normal, the normal fun. We're gearing up to... Do some international traveling here in the next month or so. So stay tuned for that. But, you know, anything else, Shan? Just keeping it swanky. That's it. Urbanswank.com for all of your latest writing. You can follow it on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, Pinterest, the whole thing, Urban Swank. Ladies, thanks so much for being here. Thank you for having us. And I'll be right back with E.J. Miller. You're listening to What's Eric Eating? Fall is here. School has started. Cooler temperatures are coming, even if we don't know exactly when, which means it's a great time to go back to 8th Wonder Brewery, uh, one of my favorite local breweries. I love visiting the brewery in East Downtown. It's just, they always have something fun going on. There's always the Eatsy Boys food truck serving food. And of course, there's 8th Wonder's beers, which are easy drinking and always very flavorful. They've been working through their series of collaborations with local Houston hip-hop artists. The brewery always has something really special on tap. And the Wonder World, the backyard, is always a great place to gather with friends, uh, especially if you're in the middle of a, a bar crawl through the neighborhood. You can hit a couple spots, but always make sure you stop at 8th Wonder. So thank you to 8th Wonder for sponsoring the show, and here's our guest of the week. I'm joined this week by E.J. Miller, the executive chef at International Smoke, the new restaurant that recently opened in City Center. EJ, welcome to the show. How are you? I'm doing well. Thank you for having me. Thanks for being here. I always like to start these interviews kind of at the beginning of a career. So how did you become interested in cooking professionally? Uh, in cooking professionally? Well, I had uh, worked in and around restaurants for forever. I started in the wine game, worked for Republic for a while, um, sold wine once I t- hit 21 and then uh started working with uh monsterville over at cova and kind of transitioned from from front of the house to back of the house just uh you just decided you wanted to make less money exactly less money and uh more work (laughs) 
I think when I met you, you were working for Clark Cooper at, man, either at Copa and uh, Punks or, or maybe at uh, the seafood restaurant. Well, yeah, Salter. at Salter. How did, you, how did you make your way to... Well, well, what was that experience like? Well, uh, Kova was at one side of the shopping center, and Copa ended up opening at the other side of the shopping center where Catalan was. And I uh, saw that big production opening up and just walked over there and talked to Brandy one day and started in the front of the house there until I could uh, afford to get to the back of the house and worked worked my way up from a fry cook to a prep cook to to her CDC of that restaurant. And then... And you, then, uh, yeah, yeah. And then, then we then we opened up uh, Salt Air, Punks, Copo, Surya, everything. I I had my hand in everything. What was it about cooking that was more engaging for you than being up front? Uh, it's the energy. It's it's the energy. It's it's kind of a kind of a high you get every every day when you when you know that you've got 150, 200 people coming in to eat your food. You know, you've got to be on point. It's the systems that, that you have to follow. So, And then you had a, a brief, uh, a treadsack period that we won't dwell on, but you uh, you made your way to Riel where you were Ryan Lachane chef de cuisine in that restaurant. Yeah, I got to hang out with Ryan for a while. That was that was a fun, fun year. What was it about that restaurant that, what was it? Because that's a little smaller, a little more personal maybe than some of the places you've worked. Right. I, I mean, um, when you when you get to do, uh, you know, 80 to 150, 150 people is a busy night over there. Uh, it's you, you get to focus a lot more on the food. There's a lot more touches on the food. Um, it's it's a really cool experience. I think when we opened up, there were six of us all together in the back of the house. And so, you know, you get to see every plate, every dish, every ingredient. It's it's a lot more control. I know we we know Ryan a little bit because he's been on the show a couple of times. But what was what did you learn from working with him? Uh, how to drink whiskey. <laughs> no, um, from Ryan, you know he's he's got he's got an eye for uh, for plate design is one of the cool things that he really knows. Um, and he'll he'll show you how to how to do things a little bit outside the box and a little bit edgy, and he likes to push things. So how did you? How did you come to a decision that international smoke was the right move for you? Uh, honestly, I got a phone call, and it was from uh, Michael Mina's recruiter, and they had been watching and watching the scene and looking to see what was happening around in Houston, and they just approached me and started talking to me about it, and I talked it over with Ryan. He was like, "Man, if you don't jump on this, <laughs> so, so, I mean." It's a, it's a, it's got to be a, a pretty dramatic change going from a, a small independently owned restaurant to being part of, I mean, arguably one of the most successful restaurant groups in the country. Yeah, it, I mean, it scared the hell out of me. <laughs> <laughs> going from sixty-seven seats to you know three hundred is is a big jump. Um, I, you know, we had three hundred over at Clark Cooper, over at uh, Salt Air. I think we had like three hundred and fifteen seats in that restaurant, but. Uh, on this on this level is is something else. You've got you know some of the best chefs in the entire nation working for this restaurant group. You know, mentoring you and talking to you and emailing you and criticizing you every day. And it's 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 pretty fantastic. It really pushes you to the next level. So, did you go to 
San Francisco to train to get ready for it? Yeah, I was there for three months. Um, I was there January, February, and March, a little bit in April. But uh, they had just flipped RN74 and uh, the Millennium Building over to International Smoke. So that was a really crazy, you know, um, just just awesome transition that I got to see. And then how closely, I mean, because the, the, the partners in that restaurant are Michael Mina, a uh, very prominent James Beard, multiple James Beard Award winner, and Aisha Curry, who's just an absolute superstar. How closely do you get to work with them specifically when you're training and, and learning about the restaurant? Oh, Michael Mina. When when we were opening here in Houston, Michael Mina was right beside me every day. Um, the, the, the way we run Expo is because Michael was standing with me and was like, this is how this should run. And when somebody that's got 50 restaurants under their belt tells you that, you know, you, you jump on that and you listen. Uh, and then what about Aisha? Because I, I know her role is maybe a little bit more conceptual. She absolutely, it's more conceptual. Um, so she, she's got, you know, ideas that she'll send to us and we'll work on them for her. But, you know, she's, she's also just had another baby and it's raising a family and multiple brands. And yeah, I don't, I know she's been to Houston, uh, but I, I, I guess she really hasn't been able to travel since the baby was born. Not, not too much, but yeah, she will definitely be here soon. Um, and then, you know, you guys had, you guys had that like little mini controversy before you even opened. Angry Rockets fans slamming your Yelp reviews. Yeah. Did you? Uh, did that affect? Has that affected you guys in any way at all? I mean. You know, it kind of affects you a little bit because you're on ESPN rather than, you know, Culture Map. <laughs> no, no, we covered it too. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but uh it was it was pretty crazy seeing all the all the reactions and things like that. The biggest part I always I always said in any interview that I did was, you know, I'm a Rockets fan. So <laughs> 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 The Curries are the nicest people in the world, but you know, go Rockets. <laughs> uh and then the the other thing I, I kind of want to explore with you is this is what do you how do you describe the restaurant because I I think in the kind of the the publicity towards the opening we kept referring to it as a global barbecue joint and I don't really think that's fair so so when we were opening uh, me and the chef team on the ground here were um, referring to barbecue as the B word we don't say the B word um because you know in in texas we know what barbecue means to us we're texan so you know if somebody told me it was a barbecue restaurant i would expect something different so we've been saying it's global grilling and smoking techniques yeah because i mean you guys have a a seafood component that's really strong right um would you just kind of talk about some of the dishes you serve and kind of how that um that furthers what you're trying to accomplish right so that that was one uh Actually, I, I gotta credit you with it because I heard I heard one of the podcasts where you were like, "I uh, hope they push the seafood a little bit." I was like, "We should push the seafood a little bit more." So, um, you know, we use a ton of local seafood that's you know right in our back door. We've got redfish on there, so we're doing it on the half shell, which is you know a technique that came out of Louisiana. Um, we're doing uh, a bunch of uh, charcoal grilled shellfish. Our shellfish platter is all charcoal grilled. Um, and we do that with like a miso butter and a little bit of, we do grits on it with a little panko. And I've uh, got some snapper that we do as a Punjabi fish fry. So Yeah, that's a, that's a really delicious dish. And, and, and it brings in these eclectic flavors. And, and I just don't really feel like there's a restaurant in Houston that's doing 
quite what you guys are doing. And of course, I love the the front of house touches. I mean, I'm a sucker for sort of table side anything. And so dishes come out under under domes with smoke in them. And there's, I, I just, I think all that stuff is really that's, cool. That's mean all the way. <laughs> <laughs> um, what's the response been like from diners? I mean, it seems like the couple times I've been in, you guys have been pretty busy. Yeah, we've been extremely busy. Um, you know, once people get over the fact that we don't have brisket and sausage and smoked chicken, then they they uh, they seem to really open up and enjoy their experience there. What are they What are they eating for the most part? Everything. I, I that's that's one of the craziest things about this restaurant is I look at the P mixes every day and it is so spread and across the board that. There's there's not really any crazy standout dishes and there's not any real dogs either. And and then it does have like a real a pretty sophisticated beverage program too, of course. Right, right. That was also developed in in San Francisco with uh the bar director out there, Raj, and he he really has a great eye for beverage. Yeah, we uh you know, I, I remember going with a group of folks and we you know, you get this like giant tower of cocktail for the table. That's a it's a really fun way to a fun way to drink yeah punch bowls man <laughs> um and then you guys just rolled out lunch and brunch uh we're rolling out lunch next week brunch will start uh to the public this this sunday this coming sunday but we did a, a little soft brunch this last weekend doing whole hog on the patio um starting it in that big old smoker that we have back there and then finishing it in our kahachina so uh doing whole hog with you know um, Hawaiian rolls and tortillas and and it's and it's a buffet which is so cool because you get to try a little of everything for not a ton of money like 35 bucks 35 35 per person yeah and there's there's probably like 15 plus dishes on that brunch yeah buffet. and they're not doing that in San Francisco so that's unique to Houston they're not I think they did it once for Christmas or something like that why why brunch in Houston? Do you know, or like how that decision was made? Uh, they walked outside on a Sunday in, in city center and saw tons of families and said, "Hey, you know what we should do?" <laughs> <laughs> um, so, do you have? I mean, how much input do you have on the menu? Because it's you're you're obviously part of something bigger than than yourself, right? Um, so that's the really cool thing about working with these guys is they'll give you like uh, a little tidbit of an idea like, hey, we should go this direction, and they just kind of let you run with it. Um, that's one of the really fun things, too, is that they, they let me go crazy with all all local produce, all local uh, farms and ranchers. and So they, they, they give me quite a bit of input on there. And then, I mean, do you have ideas about how you'd like to see it evolve over time? I mean, now that you... Now that you kind of have a sense of what people like, um, I it's it's cool. Like watching it evolve is more fun than than having an idea of where it's going to go. It's kind of just letting it become its own monster and just seeing like what people are asking for and seeing what what they're pushing for. But yeah, I've got I've got a couple of tricks up my sleeve. <laughs> um, and then will we see some of those tricks at the butcher's ball this year? Are you uh, are Absolutely. you are you in for that again? Absolutely. This is I think this is the third one and it's the third time I've done it. So. Somebody's somebody's got to beat Willow. <laughs> I know Willow uh, Willow Villarreal, the uh, the unstoppable force of the Butcher's Ball. I, really, one of my favorite fall food festivals out at that out at Rock and Star Ranch in Brenham. They get a great collection of chefs together. Um, I don't know what else. What else are you looking forward to about about this new job? I mean, 
Are you are you happy? <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm really happy. Um, I I also I'm 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 happy with the location because you know I've worked inside the loop ever since I started my culinary career, and I grew up in Katy. I went to Maid Creek High School, um, and you don't have anything like that out there. And I feel like that we're kind of helping bridge that gap of uh, making making some of these cultures and ingredients and, and dishes more accessible to people that are out towards Katy and out towards Cinco Ranch. Yeah, I mean, it is really, I mean, you know, City Center is already so eclectic. You've got the tasting room, you've got Capitol Grill, you've got, but, but also that there's a South American steakhouse and Hop Dottie's coming. It's just, and Bella Green is there. Like it, it really does attract like a little bit of everybody. Yeah. Yeah. It, I, I've noticed that most of our clientele comes from, from the West side. So right. it's, it's pretty cool. Uh, of course, the only problem with city center is the parking. Not that, not that that's your fault and not that you can do anything about it. Yeah, it's true. Just park on the top two floors of the parking garage. That's what I do every day. Yeah, that's what I that's that's my strategy is I, I know to go kind of near the movie theater. And if you go towards the side, there's that there's that elevator that'll take you down and you basically spit out right next to International Smoke. That's it. Best place to spit out. <laughs> um, how about uh, I mean, I guess you don't you haven't really like. Uh, you don't really get out to eat very much right now, I wouldn't think. Uh, not with those last six months, no. But I, uh, I do when I can. Uh, have you been anywhere recently that you were? Uh... Uh, you know, I went to Fiji's spot when we were opening up, and that barbecue is really good. It is. It's really good. Really good. Um, I haven't, I haven't been to too many other places recently. Maybe I should go somewhere tonight. Go check <laughs> some things out. Right now that I've, I've only taken a, a small <laughs> slice of your day off. It's all good. Um, well, EJ, thanks so much for being here. I really appreciate it. Thank you for having me. I, uh, I always like to wrap these interviews up with something I call the lightning round. Five easy questions, five short answers. Sounds good. All right. What's the first restaurant you ever worked at? The Mason Jar on the Katy Freeway. <laughs> R.I.P. Uh, what's the first band you ever saw in concert? Uh, it was Green Day. What is your fast food guilty pleasure? It has to come from a restaurant with a drive-thru. Whataburger. 3 uh, a.m. Absolutely. Um, who is your favorite Houston sports figure, past or present? That's a hard one. Um, can we go team by team? <laughs> yeah, go for it. Knock yourself out. All right, let's go Astros. I'm going to go tie between Bijou and Altuve. Uh, Houston football, I'm going to go Warren Moon, and I'll go ahead and throw Case Keenum in there. Um, and let's see, basketball, I'm going to go Olajuwon, Ori, Clyde nice. Drexler. Can I just name the whole starting the whole lineup 90, of the whole 93, 94? Yeah. Will we throw Vernon Maxwell in there too? Um, where's your favorite place to get a taco? Well, that's another loaded question. Let's see. Not the best. I, okay. I, I don't want to have that argument. Not the best. So Your personal favorite. Breakfast, I'm going to say Taqueria Laredo. Um, for lunch, I'm going to go over to, uh, Tierra Caliente and then for late night dinner, I'm going to go to good night, Charlie's and hang out with those guys. Absolutely. Uh, EJ, give us the website and the Instagram and all that for international smoke. All right. It's all international smoke.com and at international smoke for, uh, Instagram. Awesome. Thanks, man. I really appreciate it. Thank you for having me. 
Uh, and you can follow me on Twitter at eSandler, on Instagram at Eric Sandler. Keep it locked on culturemop.com for all the latest Houston bar and restaurant news. Thanks so much for listening. I'll be back next week.